Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Los. I am the designer relations developer for Ayrton Lighting, as well as a columnist for PLSN, uh, LD at Large on the back page. I hope you're all reading, listening, and enjoying. I am here today sitting in my pajamas in self-isolation. I had decided that now would be a very good time to talk to my really good friend, Clover. She is a freelance lighting director and rigger out of Detroit. Uh, she quite often works at the Fillmore in Detroit, where I get to go and see her, and we go to lunch fairly often. Welcome to the show, Clover. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. There's, there's definitely uh, no lack of time these days. I'm really enjoying the fact that I can actually reach out to so many of my friends and everybody's at home, which is unfortunate and fortunate at the same time. This is an interesting, unprecedented time that we get to talk and kind of knock off the to-do list and we can kind of reflect for a while, which is tough for many, but I'm hoping to take a little, find a silver lining here. Well, I know I've definitely been uh, disappointed by the unexpected time off, but there's been so many great suggestions of things to do. There's been a lot of discussion about, you know, training and uh, health and stuff like that right now. So it's actually been, you know, somewhat educational. So I guess we'll call that a win. Uh, how did you first become aware that you were going to have some unexpected time off? Um, well, fortunately for me, uh, Michigan was one of the last few states to have confirmed cases. So uh, Unfortunately, I was watching other people, you know, like in Florida and stuff like that, start having gigs canceled. There was a, you know, inclination that it could start happening here. But being an optimist, I always thought that it wouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> then it did. I uh, guess a couple weeks ago, started off with a gig at Ford Field getting canceled. And then all of a sudden it was back to back to back calls, emails, just oof. When it rains, it pours. (laughs) I went out to lunch with a good friend of mine the other day. And from the beginning of lunch to the end of lunch. So at the beginning of the lunch, he had zero cancellations. And by the end of lunch, he had three. Yep. It was that fast. Yeah. And the same thing with me. It was like literally within an hour, I had received three phone calls canceling and one email. And then over the next two days, it was just email, 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 call, call. It was so unfortunate. But, you know, everyone in our industry, unfortunately, and several other industries like ours are dealing with the same thing. So we all got to stick together. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things I find shocking is that I'm finding out about a lot of my cancellations on Facebook before I get an email or a phone call which even came down to my kid's school. I knew about the kid, my kid's school closing down on Facebook before I got an email or a phone call from the school. Wow. I've only had a couple like that. I found out about Live Nation um, and the EEG canceling tours on Facebook and then got the call. But other than that, most of them got to me before social media, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting that how how lightning fast that sort of information spreads these days, especially in in the digital age. Oh yeah, I mean, could you imagine if something like this had happened even fifty years ago? 
I mean, how slow the response would have been. We would all have to be sitting next to our radios or waiting for the six or the 11 o'clock news. We'd all show up to work and then be told, hey, by the way, it's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. Or somebody, one person would have to be sitting at 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 a phone calling hundreds of people one after another, and they would have to decide who to call first. Oh, but I mean, think about how few people actually had, you know, phones that yeah. was, there was still a huge gap in telecommunications at that point so you know you're talking about potentially someone physically going to let people know but i think unfortunately it would have been more a case of we'll just let them come in and find the note <laughs> <laughs> yes they, they've heard there's some crazy stuff going on they'll understand <laughs> just a note posted on the door was the best way to right answer information I, then it's insane, but I, it really was. I mean, if everyone was expected to be at X point, leave information at X point, it'll get to them all at the same time. You know, yeah. that's why we still have call boards and stuff as stage managers. Mm-hmm. That way, all of the actors and the technicians know exactly where to go for all the information. So that's kind of where we're at these days. We kind of live and die by self promotion online. Which is actually oh, yeah. how I found you first. I found one of your YouTube videos and then followed that to LinkedIn, then found out that you're in my area. And I'm like, oh my God, you're in my area. We should totally hang out because there aren't that many of us. Right. So just by you putting uh, some, some informational videos on YouTube, I found you and now here. Right. You know, um, it's interesting you mentioned that because just recently I was thinking about how much Facebook truly impacts our self image, our work image, whether we're aware of it or not, you know, just solely by existing in these Facebook groups geared towards, you know, your lighting people geared towards your specifically stagehands, you know, whatever, just by existing within that group, you are self-promoting your, you know, in a way, every time you comment, every time you post, and especially in this day and age when people are so quick to, you know, bite you over saying the wrong thing. It's, uh, you can, you can be very Facebook famous and not a good way very quickly. Yes. I've seen a lot of people live and die by that one too. I've seen people get roasted big time. And I've also seen people that I, I respect their opinion. I'm like, Oh, well that's, I'm glad I was working with that guy at that time or, and vice versa. Right. Yeah. No, this, um, and this particular time has really made a few people shine, you know, those of uh, those people that were the first to, you know, hey, let's get some training going on, you know, reaching out to the companies about potentially getting free training, uh, you know, several like ETC and stuff like that have made their training, some of their training courses free for the next, you know, say six weeks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so those people on Facebook that, you know, initially made those type of suggestions they're now you know people know them now because their their post has you know 800 and or not 800 108 comments you know and several hundred likes all of a sudden that one person you know essentially promoted themselves just by saying hey let's make this an educational time and now everyone in that group knows who that person is so it's really interesting which has also been part of why it's been so uh, scary, I guess, you know, putting myself out there with those YouTube videos that you mentioned. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's an important niche that maybe hasn't been filled by other people just yet. So hopefully, uh, hopefully some of those newer stagehands will enjoy them. Yeah. So what made you start doing that? Uh, you had some free time or you, you just wanted to share... You wanted to help teach. What was <laughs> so your motivation? The, the the initial spark was actually a, a guy that was working with one of the companies I work for. And he had been with us for about a year or so. And he still didn't feel confident in, you know, knowing what people were asking him. So like, you know, hey, go get me a DMX. He wasn't really confident whether that was the one with the three pins or the two pin or the, yeah, you know, the two prong or the, you know, five pins. 
So he asked me to, you know, kind of make him a spreadsheet or just something that would help him identify things. And so that spark grew into this massive project um, that has just grown and grown and grown. And as I've released videos, I've had comments asking for other things and more information that they've been looking for and can't find. Um, so it's, it just keeps growing, which is also awesome. I feel like because it is sort of fan driven, if you will, although I wouldn't call these people fans. I don't have fans. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as I remember, it is under Jessica Clover rushing on YouTube. It is. Okay. Nice and simple. <laughs> and if anybody's looking for that, you can look for Jessica Clover Rushing on YouTube. Or you can look up Stagehand Learning. It'll bring up the whole playlist. That's what the uh, segment or whatever you want to call it is called, Stagehand Learning. And do you get the uh, touring LDs coming through the Fillmore saying like, oh, hey, Clover, you're the girl who uh, put out that video? Um, I've only had it happen once, uh, but it was pretty exciting and considering that I've only been putting these videos out for at this point uh just over two months no just over a month wow Wow. so you know we'll say six weeks um for that to have already happened that's pretty shocking um and awesome at the same time You never know where those are going to end up. You could be anywhere in the world at any time, and those could just pop up somewhere in somebody's something you might be interested in feed or something. You know, that's also been the interesting thing. YouTube has YouTube Studio, which has some really great analytics for the videos that you post. Um, And it even breaks down your viewers by country, which is, you know, really common amongst any website or anything analytics. But anyways... My viewers have been across the pond. I mean, obviously, the majority of them are, you know, United States, Canada, um, you know, more locally. But there's been several hundred that have been, you know, UK, Lithuania was one of them I was surprised about. Um, So it's been really interesting. I would imagine eventually you'll have to retool some of your information to be more inclusive of them because uh, I know they have different terms for a lot of things that we call that we take for granted over here. Oh, for sure. And then also, you know, their standards are different than ours. You know, the EU has different safety standards and, you know, regulations and a lot of tours, you know, tour US and UK. So it is an important thing that I learn more about the EU standards and put those in so that, you know, people can have a better understanding of that before they take a tour overseas. Yeah, uh, I would imagine sometimes you just have to put a disclaimer like, hey, I'm sharing my experience from For sure. Michigan standards here. <laughs> yeah, there's been, a, there's been a couple times in my videos when uh, UK people have really chewed me up. Um, but it's all right. I mean, every even in America, we've got 5,000 different names for one thing. So I can't yeah. expect everyone to go, you're right. Oh, man, that's so perfect. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it would be so much easier if we could all just uh, uniform, uniformly name something, but we just can't do it. We're all... Oh, I know. That's a kettle plug. That's an IEC. That's a <laughs> computer cord, uh, whatever. Right. D whatever. plug, you know, yeah. so many things. <laughs> and it, even still, once we uniform, once we make it all, once we all agree what it is and make it a uniform thing, we'll just change it anyway. Oh, right, because we didn't really like that name, so let's come up with a better pet name. <laughs> yeah, well, well, this one has a clip on it, so that's uh, it has a whole new name now. Right, totally different. <laughs> this one's blue as opposed to the black one. Those They're different. They're different standards, so we can't call it the same thing. But uh, such is life. When people come through the Fillmore and they have a different terminology, do you just adjust to whatever they're doing or do you try and you're like well no you're in my house now you're going to adjust to the way i do it so that's a you're going to call an extension cord a stinger today (laughs) so that you can tell my my people what what you're looking for uh see i have a a very different opinion on most people than that i'm a firm believer that when a tour comes through your house it is their house for that day 
you know, well, yes, that's still your stuff and you need to take care of it. You as the house LD or electrician also need to accommodate what that tour is looking for. You know, they are spending weeks on end, probably on a bus, you know, touring around the country, show after show. And, you know, they don't need to come in and fight with me about anything, you know, whether it's terminology, whether it's location of Dimmer Beach, you know, whatever they're asking for, I'm going to try and accommodate to, you know, the best of my abilities and within reason. Obviously, I'm not going to pour them martinis at front of house, but <laughs> I have actually made some of my guys tea. You know, if they're sick, one guy came through, he was, oh, poor guy was so under the weather. They were in the middle of a three day run and, you know, he couldn't, he didn't have time to take care of himself. And so here I am, front of house. He's middle of busking his show, doing his thing. And I'm, you know, go and get a steamer for him and make up a little teacup and lots of honey and lemon for him. And obviously, had he asked me to do that, it would have been different. But, you know, this guy's practically out there killing himself for the show and doesn't have time to take care of him. So I, I always try to accommodate. That's obviously an extreme. Most people wouldn't do that. I am a mother to all. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, you, such hospitality. <laughs> yeah, hospitality. We'll call it that. <laughs> but the, so, yeah, good analogy no. is it that they're, they're actually a guest in your house. And if they ask for a, another pillow, you're like, well, yeah, let me see if I have another pillow for you. If they yeah, demand exactly. another pillow, you're like, yeah, sorry, I can't find another pillow. <laughs> Currently all out. Yeah. yeah, no, it's exactly that. You know, and it's a, it's, it's hospitality both directions. I mean, obviously, when you come in as a tour LD, you're coming into somebody's house. Like, be respectful of the fact that it's their stuff, you know, that they have a set way of doing things. But at the same time, you know, ask for what you need, but do it in a nice, appropriate manner. You know, no one wants to be demanded from on either side of the board. You know, people always respond better to courtesies you know even if it's as simple as a please and a thank you it goes a long way what is or without naming names what's the farthest you've gone was it the the t what's um the farthest above and beyond uh i uh, probably when i candled a a a chick's ear okay so (laughs) there's yeah okay so a lot of people on a great story here. You really have. It's a good one. Okay. So there, a lot of people aren't familiar with the holistic healing. It's called uh, candling your ears. It's a, a, a fabric cone. That's about a foot long. That's dipped in beeswax. Right. And you stick it in your ear in an appropriate direction, light it on fire. The, obviously the fire creates suction and it pulls uh, infection and stuff out of your ear. Um, this LD had a serious, serious ear infection going on. It was so bad she could barely hear. She was having, you know, serious migraines. Um, it was really bad. But again, she's in the middle of a run, you know, didn't even have time to get to a clinic, you know, the last couple of show days, blah, blah, blah. So I suggest these ear candles to her and she's like, I'll try anything. So, um... Our runner goes out, gets the candles, bring them, brings them back. She's like, I've got no clue how to do this. So I'm like, let me, you know, been doing it for years. So I, I candled this girl's ears and uh, it felt better, but it wasn't fixed. And then we actually met up uh, about six months later on another tour she was doing. And I asked her how that all played out. And she ended up going to the hospital and she had considerably more issues than an ear candle could have fixed. But, you know, she was so thankful just for the little bit of relief. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of the craziest thing I've ever done to go above and beyond. But wow. again, mother to all. <laughs> Lighting director, rigor, and ear candler. <laughs> Holistic healer, thank you. <laughs> Holistic healer. That's amazing. Uh, I would imagine that comes up quite a bit. It's not like, I mean, that's two consecutive stories of guest LDs coming through your house, not feeling good. 
well, I would imagine it's, it's because there's a, a, some sort of a lack of, of health uh, awareness out on the road. Definitely. I would have to agree with you. I mean, you know, we're seeing more and more when catering is an option that they're including the healthier options, you know, the fruits, the vegetables, the, you know, high proteins, the, I am not a health, a super health oriented person. So I'm not familiar with all the most amazing things, but, you know, they're offering the most, the more healthy options, but more and more we're seeing tours on buyout. Um, whether it's because it's cheaper or it's easier or whatever it is. And so people's health on the road, just, just in their diet is diminishing because they've gone to, you know, essentially eating fast food. You know, maybe they're going to the restaurant down the road, you know, from the venue or whatever, but probably not the best meal they could order, you know, just because it, they need something quick. They've got to get back to the venue you know, whatever the case may be, and, you know, people aren't taking enough time to truly evaluate what they're eating. And then they're doing this for, you know, four, five, six months straight while they're on the road. In addition to what I think is the biggest problem is not sleeping. You know, we're all familiar with the story, load out until one o'clock in the morning, load in at 9am after driving through the night, you know, when do you have time to relax? You know, if you don't relax after the show on the way to the next one, you know, you don't ever de-stress. But, you know, we've got we've got to take more attention to our sleep habits and how much sleep we're getting. Even if you're stealing a couple hours of sleep after you're done programming or, you know, whatever, we need to be focusing more on getting those Zs because science has shown that our body restores while we're sleeping and that just having that sleep is a huge determining factor in the, our body's health. Um, I feel like I'm on a soapbox for a minute here, but you know, it's so common in our industry, especially amongst locals, you know, Oh, I only had two hours of sleep last night. I, you know, I, I was at X venue until 3 a.m. and then I had to drive two hours home. And then, you know, I had to load in at 6 a.m you know, and, you know, it's almost a point of pride for people, but that is not safe. It's not healthy. You know, we're literally killing ourselves just because we're not sleeping and eating anywhere near appropriately. Um, and then of course, to go with that, there's always the physical health. We need to be stretching more. Yoga is amazing. And as a yoga convert, um, up till six months ago, well, more like eight months ago now, I was, you know, one of the people laughing at the yoga, you know, oh, it's just stretching. Who cares about that? Oh my goodness. Such a change. Do some yoga. Even if it's not yoga, just stretch, you know, just little things that will help your overall body health and improve the, the quality of your touring. I mean, no one wants to be sick while they're on the road. It just makes life so much harder. Um, and even if you're not on the road, these are just little things, even while you're in quarantine, as much as I hate to say that word, um, you know, pay attention to what you're eating. Hopefully you stocked up a little bit. You didn't go crazy, um, but hopefully you stocked up a little bit and you've got some of your good foods still available um, and do some stretching. Everyone's got five feet of room in their house. Do some standing, stretching and, uh, you know, sleep. This is a great time to catch up on all that sleep we haven't been getting. <laughs> Yes, I uh, I've been sleeping in a little extra thirty minutes or so because my kids just don't have to wake up and for school now. So yeah, a little extra sleep. I feel like we're I'm not sure if we're the first or the second generation to kind of realize that we shouldn't be killing ourselves. We shouldn't take pride in our lack of sleep or how much we're we're beating ourselves to death. I feel like the generation or even two generations before us were so prideful in how much of a beating they could take and how, how gritty and how much, how much crap they could wade through to make a mm -hmm. paycheck. I would agree with that for sure. I mean, some of that is even why the unions, you know, 
I wouldn't say that's why they started, but that's part of why they became so prevalent was people were finally becoming aware of the fact that, you know, we've got to take more care of ourselves. And, you know, in that day, especially banding together as a union was the way to do it. You know, if you needed safety in your workplace, that was how you got it. And if you needed a turnaround, you know, time between calls, that was how you got it. Fortunately, we've had a lot of change in just the overall idea of what is and isn't acceptable. Thank you know, uh, thanks in large part to them. Um, so a lot of companies are more cognizant of that, and um, I feel like try to be better for their employees. But you know, freelancers, we're taking gigs with you know seven to thirty different companies and. Company A doesn't know what Company B was doing yesterday, so they're scheduling you accordingly. It's it's important that you be aware of your schedule and what you should and shouldn't be doing. You know, if six hours is enough sleep for you, then that's awesome. Do that. But if you know that you've got to have at least eight, don't take those gigs that are four hours apart. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's in fact for that very reason that I'm very pro union even though i've never been in a union because company a through z don't know what each other's do they have to look to the union as a as a standard as a base rate and if they're if they can't compete with the union they're going to lose workers to the union right basically if if they don't know that anything over 10 hours is overtime they're going to try and get they're going to try and get 20 hours of work out of you without paying overtime. But if the union is saying like, no, no, no. And, and in the area, maybe if it's eight or 10 or 12 hours, whatever, anything over that is overtime. Right. And company X will definitely try and skip those if they can, if, if the union isn't strong in their area. And, you know, even if the, I personally feel, even if the union's not necessarily strong in your area, it doesn't matter if you belong to an actual IOTSE local or, you know, a SAG local or, you know, the United Steel Workers local. It doesn't matter. People are strongest when they band together. If your entire crew refuses that four-hour turnaround, the company has to notice that. And while, yeah, it might be a bumpy start, just like it was with the unions, you can affect change. It just meant it. The only thing you have to do is band together with like-minded people for a strong cause and you can affect change. Absolutely. And that all too often comes down to a strong leader or somebody, a strong organizer, which is something that we can do so much easier online now, which is you know, we can, I'm seeing lots of people unite, right, especially right now. Oh man, it's been insane. How many, uh, so one of the things that I've been watching obviously has been the uh, petition that Isaac started, uh, you know, to involve the in event industry in the relief funds. Yes, I was, I was very lucky to do a podcast with Isaac. It was. It went yes, that well. was awesome. I saw that. Um, so, uh, I was signature like one thirty on that. So yeah, it was super awesome. Um, so I've been watching this petition grow and grow and grow. And even though it's not like, you know, my YouTube video that I'm watching views go up on, it's literally watching our community come together. And it has been incredible to watch this grow into the hundreds of thousands. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. And when we all come together, we can affect change. There's been media that is finally, you know, major media sources that are finally seeing this. Um, I, I believe he's the prime minister of Australia. I could be getting his position wrong. Um, but a leader in in Australia who specifically noted us, you know, in a in a news interview, um, not us specifically, but the entertainment and events industry, um, you know, it's been it's been phenomenal. We have truly affected a change, and all of people's work towards that is going to pay off. Um, 
hopefully in, in the form of relief because there's so many that live gig to gig. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to think that, oh, well, you should just be saving your money. And that's great once you're an established, you know, touring LD or an established house LD or, you know, it's great to think that you can save your money and you should, you should always be wor- working towards saving, even if it's just 10% of your money out of each paycheck. But there are so many of us that can't do that, you know? So there's a lot of people who are literally going to be, who are literally living hand to mouth right now um, because their next month's worth of gigs canceled. And it's, yeah. it's super unfortunate, but we're affecting that change that we need to see them through these hard times. When I did the podcast with Isaac, he was at close to 50,000. I'm looking at it right now and it is 252,000, about to be 253,000 signatures on that one. Yeah. It's so that's amazing. Staggering how many, and, and you know, you, everyone goes, oh, well, of course we're a big, you know, there's a lot of events where we're, we're a big part of, you know, commerce essentially. Um, but you don't ever really stop to think about just really how many people are involved in it. Cause you're not just talking about your stagehands and your riggers and your production managers. You're also talking about your hotel events coordinators, your hotel house staff, AV staff, your, you know, ballroom people, your convention hall people. I mean, this, it's a huge industry that puts on these live events. And I mean, it's obvious that hundreds of thousands of people have been affected by it. Yeah. And at this point, we're even talking about the, the bar bands and the, the bar owners oh. and waiters and waitresses. We're down to everybody's yeah. affected now. For sure. Although most of them, I still, I wouldn't put in the events industry, but definitely they have been affected. And that, yeah. you know, we're soon, we're going to have the cashiers, you know, there's a lot of places, uh, I believe Washington is one of them that have shut down all non-essential businesses. So, you know, all of your mom and pop, everything has been shut down. I'm, they're pretty much left to, you know, the major grocery stores in that area and doctor's offices. Um, I, I would dare say you probably couldn't even get into the dentist right now unless it was an emergency case, which is shocking. You know, literally, I would say 80% of our population is, you know, getting put out of work by this. It's shocking. I can only imagine what it's like in a, in a prepper's house right now. going like, <laughs> we knew we were ready for this. We've got, oh, we've got all the canned meat for months on end. That's right. And the, what was the meme on Facebook recently? The, uh, the extreme couponers, Yep. you know, yep. Just have a surplus by pure nature of couponing. Like, yep. Oh goodness. <laughs> got a 10 pallets of Gatorade downstairs that I got for 50 cents. You know, I've always been amazed by those people. I watch, I, I never really watched that show couponers or whatever it was, but I caught a snippet of one once and this chick had four grocery baskets just mounded with stuff and she's like if i'm off by one receipt or one item i end up paying for all of this and they rung it all up and it was like a thousand dollars you know something ridiculous she paid 1584 out the door like oh my god wow that's skill i mean you do that once why do you even need to do it again that's a month's supply (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so crazy. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Um, I have never been a prepper in any way. I've kind of enjoyed the, the, the minimalist lifestyle in, mm -hmm. in design and in my, my home life. I try and keep things to an absolute minimum. And right now when just having to, just be ready for a week's worth of food is is already enough to just drive me crazy. All my, <laughs> I've reorganized the shelves five times now just to make myself still feel like it, there's an organization happening. In right. The there's so much here. There's too much here. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up as a Latter-day Saint. Um, most people refer to us as Mormons. Um, but, you know, a, 
one of our tenants, if you will, is that, uh, you know, preparedness and we encourage food storage. Um, so I, I grew up with the idea of, you know, always have a little extra, you never know what's going to happen. Um, they've always encouraged a three day supply for emergencies, you know, whether it's a tornado, hurricane, whatever, have a three day supply of food and, uh, water for everyone in your family. Um, so, but me personally, I've never been huge on the food storage and the prepping and I've, I've always kind of been this like interesting mix of like, let's be prepared, but let's not act like we're crazy. Um, (laughs) so I've, you know, I, I wasn't terribly worried when they started talking about quarantine because I already knew I had, you know, if worse came to worst, I could survive. Would we be eating our favorite meals? No, not at all. My kids would be hating life because these would be some weird, weird meals. But we would have all the proteins and the nutrients that we needed, and we would survive. <laughs> yeah, a lot of beans and uh, and canned uh, canned yams are delicious at this at this time. <laughs> right, you know, lentils, rices, you know, and that's all stuff that you can keep anyway. You know. If that's something you eat, you should have an extra pound of rice, an extra pound of beans. Because who wants to run out to the store when they decide to make a meal? Yeah, that's just smart. Yeah, I, it, it becomes pretty difficult out on the road. I don't oh, know yeah, definitely not on the road. road. You're, you're, <laughs> kinda, you're dependent upon the local cuisine and the local suppliers, but... For sure. Although, you know, there is a possum belly under the bus. If you could just have a little four by four section of that, (laughs) think of all the canned (laughs) goods you could stick under there. (laughs) Go to the bus driver. Hey, it's part of my religion that I have to do this. I got to put some canned canned yams under there. If that's cool. (laughs) The snowstorm hit, we'll we'll still be safe and secure. You will thank me for this, guys. I promise you, <laughs> when you're hungry and want those munchy foods and this storage is down here. <laughs> it's part of my mama bear uh, instincts. <laughs> I, I have to do this. You know, it's so funny you say that because when I'm on the road, the mama bear instincts come out even more. It's kind of ridiculous. But like, I don't know. I just, I feel that need to take care of my crew, you know, whether it's, you know, food wise or hotel or, you know, whatever the situation is, it's just, that's the instinct. (laughs) Are you the de facto bus mom? Essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, the crew mom really, it doesn't matter whether it's on tour or at home. Um, pretty much people know that if they need something, they can come to me and mom is going to help take care of it. You know, But that's this industry too, though. I mean, if you think about it, we care about each other. You know, if, if a stagehand went to another stagehand, man, I'm just, I'm so broke. I can't make ends meet this month, you know, blah, 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 blah. I've seen and personally, you know, handed people money. You know, if you're a little flush and your friend's a little not, you know, we, we are some of the most giving people. It, it's beautiful. Honestly, it's a huge industry full of well, maybe not full of, but with a lot of giving people. And I, I love it. It's one of the things that makes me proud to be a part of this industry. Well, that's a great clarification. Uh, <laughs> do you think it has, do you think it is based on your gender that you become that way? Or do you think it's because they just know that you're a genuine, caring human being? Um, It's probably a little bit to do with both. Honestly, it's probably a little more because I'm female there's obviously there are so many wonderful men out there that you know are caring and genuine and they are the most giving souls i've got one boss coming to the top of my mind right now you know literally would you give you the last shirt he owned off of his back if that's what you needed um but also you know as a female it's you know we have those motherly instincts it's it, literally primal um but by that same token, you know, just because as a as a woman, I feel, not all women feel this, but as, as a woman, I feel the need to take care of people, um, the need 
not the need, the want to take care of people, um, you know, the want to see people happy. But that doesn't mean that um, I get walked on or that um, I'm treated, you know, differently because I have the need to take care of people or because I'm a female even. Um, I, I think that we are truly blessed in this industry that more and more of uh, the male technicians, I guess, if you will, the, the male counterpart to us are becoming more and more inclusive. Um, obviously, this is a male-driven industry. I mean, it used to be you, you could not do this if you were a female. But the same applies to the fire department, uh, politics, you know, right. we are a patriarchal society that it's, it's just a fact. Our presidents are male, have always been male. Um, you know, churches are led by men and in a society that was started, um, you know, for religious freedoms, you know, again, you're being led by a male, but that doesn't mean that women have to be treated any certain way. Um, you know, in the fifties, it was a, a woman's job to be in the kitchen, you know, or whatever. Um, but now we we have so much less of that that it's amazing. Obviously, people are raised that way; they're going to stay that way. But the newer generations, they're you know figuring out that you know women are just as competent as men, um, and more so in some cases. And I well feel said. truly. <laughs> I feel truly blessed that in my, oh gosh, how long have I been in this industry? 15 years-ish. Um, I've never been treated differently, as far as I know, for being a female or because of the way I act as a female. But I attribute that a lot to the fact that I am not a prissy girl. I don't spend a lot of time on the hair and the makeup and I don't spend my time trying to flirt with the guys. You know, I am one of the guys. I grew up with four, four brothers. I'm the youngest. And there's a, there's probably something to that that makes it easier for me to, you know, fit in with the guys. But that doesn't matter. My mom was a firefighter paramedic for 25 plus years. She retired from the city of Dallas. She is an incredible woman, but she has never in her entire life demeaned herself to be crass or vulgar or, you know, be one of the guys or alternatively to, you know, flirt. There, there are people that do that and it doesn't matter what industry. Um, you know, she had the respect of her counterparts because she did the job well. She was a strong, um, a strong person, both physically, emotionally, uh, intellectually. You know, you don't have to be that archetypical woman. You can be one of the guys and still be a lady, you know, um, Anyways, all that long-winded to say that I'm thankful to be in an industry where women are being given more of a fair shake. And I personally have never been a part of sexual discrimination. Um, and in fact, you know, I hear a lot of people complain, well, you know, women don't get paid the same as men and, you know, blah, 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 even in our industry. And I personally, I've never experienced that. In fact, I make more than a lot of my male counterparts, but it's because they see my skill. You know, I have an associate's degree. I have a bachelor's degree. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trained in what I'm doing. I have knowledge. I've shown that knowledge and that's all it takes. You know, just being yourself, but having the knowledge to defend yourself if you will you know if someone comes at you it doesn't matter whether you're male or you're female if they're coming at you about being you know stupid or whatever be intellectual enough to defend yourself have the knowledge you know and if if you're wrong in the situation 
be mature enough to accept that you were wrong. You know, I feel like that's also a big thing in this industry or not in this industry, but in, in life in general is no one wants to accept responsibility for anything. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, because they actually made a mistake or whatever, but, um, you know, take responsibility for what you've done, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're a they, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's great advice for, for all, all genders to just take, take self-responsibility. That's huge. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's those are that, that some great words. Okay, oh, carry on. oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, one other thing, and it doesn't matter who you are, what your gender identity is, is don't be a dick. Um, Absolutely. You know, like I said this earlier, please and thank you go so far, and it's such a simple thing, but we as a society have started losing sight of pleasantries like i mean i can't tell you how many conversations i i don't even hear a goodbye like on the telephone and stuff it's mind-boggling like how how long did that three seconds take to say all right goodbye you know um so just don't be a dick you know be nice if you're having a bad day acknowledge that to yourself that you're having a bad day and maybe try to not take it out on other people so that's it God, that's so, so simple, so easy, so fundamental. We hope. <laughs> well, I mean, so is uh, opening a door for people, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter who opens the door for whom. It is nice. Like, I'm going through this door. You're about to go through this door. Let me hold this door open for you. Like, anyways. Sorry. Uh, I uh, I never realized the difference that that makes until since I moved to Canada. Opening doors for other people is like a competition up here. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Let's see how many people I can hold the door for. Oh god! I felt awkward. Like you've been standing there for like six people. Why are you? I've literally you know, like pushed people away. Like no, like let me. You go. I will hold this now. Like because it's just. You know, it's nice. It's nice to feel, it's the nice feeling you get when someone opens the door for you, whether, you know, no matter who it is, whether it's an adult or a child, although I personally love it when a child opens the door for me, because it's like, oh, your parents are teaching you right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's like, that's such a great feeling, right? And then when you're opening the door for someone, that's service. You know, what, even though it's as simple as opening a door for someone, that is service to your fellow man. and. In a society built on that, one of the things that's built on, you know, we've started to lose sight of it and we really do need to get back to it. Absolutely. We, uh, door opening involved, or it's almost necessary that there is a certain amount of eye contact when the door is open. You're like, I'm opening the door for you. I'm going to look you in the eye so that you (laughs) know I'm doing it. Just that that brief moment of eye contact is just something that gets lost when we just we lose eye contact. Right. Well, I mean, we're so focused on our phones these days, or you know, phones, tablets, whatever that is distracting us. Um, oh, you know, we I feel terrible when I find myself walking with my phone in front of me because I I always <laughs> yell at my kids for doing it, and I finally realize that the reason they're doing it is because I'm doing it. Yeah, my son is really, we'll say good at calling me out about being a hypocrite on things like that. And it's like, but I'm working. I'm I'm completing a work task. You're playing a video game while you're walking. Like these are these are separate, baby. And he's like, Nope, you said you're not supposed to, you know, play on your phone at the dinner table. And I'm like, You're right. There is no reason this email can't wait 20 minutes. Thank you for the check. You know, <laughs> like for better, for worse, we're raising our kids to be so much smarter than we are. They are going to know so much more than we do. Yeah, it's, I mean, my son already does. I mean, he's, I feel like he's intelligent, more intelligent than most anyway, but of course he's my son. So of course I feel that way. <laughs> but um, he is so perceptive. It's almost unnerving sometimes, but he's just, oh, he's so good. And he's, 
he's teaching me to be a better person, which is also amazing. Our, our kids just have so much more access to information than you and I did. Oh, yeah. They, they don't have to, if they want to know what the Dalai Lama had for lunch, <laughs> they, they don't need to go to the library and research. They can just, they don't even have to be able to spell it properly. Dalai Lama had for lunch. Right. Today. And DL website for that. Emma. <laughs> and Google yeah. will fix their spelling for them and point them right to the direction. And now it's, it's up to them to know if they're being fed a lie or the truth. That's more yeah. important for them now. That's so true. And that's one of the things I've been harping on my son about is credible sources. Um, you know, in, in all of this time of, of unrest and, uh, misinformation and i'm not just speaking about the coronavirus instance you know in particular i'm talking about just in this day and age um you know when we when i was coming up it was you know always check your sources uh you can't use wikipedia or anything open source and then past that it was like it was considered somewhat credible right because who else had access to put things on the internet um but now, literally anybody can put anything anywhere. Um, so I, I try to harp on him, you know, make sure you're checking your sources. You know, did your friend say that or did you hear it on a news story? Which news story? Was that from YouTube? Really, what, what person on YouTube? You know, where did they get their information? Um, because he, he's a sponge. He absorbs so much. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure it's not all bullcrap. Some of it's going to be, that's life, but try and teach them to seek truth. Absolutely. Those are some very, very uh, aware words of wisdom there from my, my good friend Clover. Thank you so much for this time. I really appreciate being able to reach out. I'm, I'm right across the bridge from you, and yet I can't, I just can't get to you. <laughs> we had scheduled this a while ago, and we were going to do this together, and uh, we were going to film this and do a whole thing. But uh, now, thanks to social uh, isolation, we are, or social distancing, we are, we are literally... 30 minutes from each other and we just can't <laughs> come hang out and do lunch. Like we're so accustomed to. Right. Well. Oh, well this too shall pass. Thank you Clover for <laughs> making time. I will, uh, I will definitely take time to think about all the things you've said and, uh, and transfer the wisdom to my children as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope I wasn't too much of an embarrassment. <laughs> Not at all. We will we'll definitely make time to do your YouTube channel. Yes, I will want to interview got, you. <laughs> we've got nothing but time. Yes, we definitely will. Again, thank you so much. This has been awesome.